This is the Root Advice Podcast with TikTok influencer Rudy A. Divorced after 16 years of marriage and single at 39, I share my mistakes and experiences to help your marriage improve your dating life and prepare you for life after divorce. Now, if you love sex, you've come to the right episode because that's all I'm going to talk about today and not by myself. No, no, no. I'm going to have the wonderful and amazing Dr. Tyra on the podcast today. She is a wonderful personality. She's been all over TikTok for the past few months. You've probably seen her. I first encountered her uh, one morning. I'm waking up. I grab my phone. You know how we all do. You know, you grab your phone when when you're supposed to be working out and doing yoga since 4 a.m. No, none of us do that. I know all those like uh, become millionaire podcasts or become millionaire (laughs) <laughs> IG posts, they get up at 4 a.m. and do all these things. No, we get up at maybe 8 and look through our phone. Anyway, I'm grabbing my phone. I look at it. And the first video I see on TikTok is this woman. Ladies, play with his balls. I'm like, what the hell? Good morning. Like, okay. And that's when I first met Dr. Tyra. Now, Dr. Tyra has a wonderful list of accolades. Let me go ahead and go over a few real quick. She's an author, speaker. She's a tenured professor. She is the host of the Love Bites podcast. She's also been featured on Cosmopolitan and Women's Health. And she's even been on a TED Talk. So if you don't agree with her opinions, you know, I'm sorry, uh, you're in the wrong. She's an intelligent woman and she knows what she's talking about. But uh, we're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about sexless marriages. I get a lot of you messaging me on either um, IG or on TikTok telling me about your de- bedroom situation. And I feel your pain. Trust me, I do. So who better than to bring experts on the show to help you resolve that? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the ugly truth about pornography, the good and bad it's done for young men and women. We're going to talk about that. We also touch on astrology. Get this. And she loves that I'm an Aries and you'll find out why. We also talk about if you're under 25, you have no business getting married. So stay tuned for that as well. And before we get to the show, I want to remind everybody again, this is a one man show over here. So if you'd like to contribute in any way, I I would appreciate that from the from the bottom of my heart. Please do so. Please leave a rating on whatever listening platform you're listening on. If you'd like to tip me and buy me a beer, there's a link in my link tree in the bottom of the show description. If you'd like to subscribe to the Root Advice uh, YouTube channel, currently at 1,260 subscribers, please be the first to do so. Uh, one day that channel will have 500k followers, and you can proudly say, like, you know what? I was part of the first ones when uh, he was still discovering his voice. <laughs> so anything you can do to support the show, I, it would really mean a lot to me. And also, I just want to announce, like I did last week, I will not be doing a lot of TikTok lives anymore. I will be primarily on YouTube. So if you'd like to catch any of my lives, YouTube is the way to go. So go ahead and subscribe before the podcast is over to my channel for all the latest updates and news regarding Root Advice. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here's the lovely and brilliant Dr. Tyra. Dr. Tyra, thank you for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate this. Of course. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, the, uh, the honor is here. The pleasure is mine. So usually I tell people to run by their accolades and what they do, but you have such a long list of accolades. <laughs> I want to challenge myself to read them. So tell me if I missed anything here. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're a sex and relationship expert. Uh, you're also a public figure, tenured professor, author, speaker, coach, and you have a podcast titled Love Bites. And you've also been featured on Cosmopolitan Women's Health. And you've been on a TED Talk that I just saw. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that TED Talk. It was fun. Yeah. How do you juggle all these uh, responsibilities right now? That's such that's such a lot on your plate. Um. So making sure that I start off the day with a nice orgasm always helps. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are... Uh, always asking me, you know, it sounds, it seems like you're really busy. How are you always so 
you know, positive and optimistic. And I always tell them, no joke. Uh, I think it's because I prioritize my well-being and particularly my sexual well-being. And I think it radiates in other parts of my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, anyone that knows me in person will know, like, it's not a fake thing that I only put online. Uh, it's really that, you like, interacting <laughs> with me and hanging out with me is the same thing, like going to dinner or being cozy at home. I'm just I'm still this person. So uh, I would say good orgasms and time management. There you go. <laughs> and I'm working on the time management piece because orgasms are fine so with my fiance and everything. But oh, another yeah. thing. Congratulations on your, 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 your wedding. You just got married. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, we made sure to limit our ceremony to 10 minutes because like who wants to sit there and watch you like do the ceremony part, right? We want exactly. a party. So uh, we made sure that we had a 10 minute ceremony and then the rest of the night was just partying with like important people in our lives. It was incredible. That's awesome. Is this your first marriage? This is my second. Your second. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Okay. So, Ooh, and I can talk more about it too, if you're interested, because I don't get to talk about that that often because usually people just want to talk about like work and, you know, coaching, like what kind of people do you coach and stuff like that, which is fine. And it's fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, if you're, if Rudy, if you're down to talk about your personal life, I'm down to talk about my personal life. Sure. My entire platform is built on my personal life. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Tell well, me the- more. Like, are you married? I'm engaged and this is going to be my uh, second marriage. I was married 16 years. I got married at 21 and Mm -hmm. I divorced in 39, at 39 years Mm -hmm. old after 16 years of marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of things happened. Uh, We both were very young and I guess I notoriously got infamous on TikTok when I was uh, telling everybody I cheated on my Mm -hmm. ex-wife and I kind of told the story, but again, I'm telling it from, I'm a grown man now. I understand my mistakes here. Listen to my story. Don't do what Mm -hmm. I did communicate and avoid this from mm-hmm. happening. So that's kind of how I gained notoriety on TikTok. But yeah, I always said I, I was that. never going to get married again. And here I am engaged with my, uh, my love witch. I call her my love witch. That's my nickname for her. Love witch. Because she love put a that. spell on me. Oh <laughs> yeah. I believe in love, you know, even with like all the breakups I've had in my twenties and then my previous marriage, I, I believe in love. And with this current marriage, I know so much better now. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you were like, I got married when I was 21, that's like my number one advice to young people. When they ask me like, what's your number one advice? Uh, like for people under 25, I'm like, don't get married. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get a lot of pushback on that? You know, nothing (laughs) like you're 21, you know, nothing. And this is not too, it's not like a belittling kind of thing. It's like literally when I was 21, I knew nothing. And, uh, and just the fact that you are taking on this like really serious partnership that mm-hmm. takes a lot of like work, effort and attention. Um, you just don't have the kind of maturity to do it. You really don't. And people always give this example like, oh, but my grandma met my grandpa when they were 18. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, did they have Instagram with big tits in their face every day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, different dude, world. Different world. They can't fucking use an example from like World War II. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I always tell people, no, it's not realistic for people now to get married under 25. It's really not. And I almost can guarantee you that, you know, one in three of you will get a divorce. Absolutely. And again, um, it's funny because when I got married at 21, uh, you know, you know how it is with a group of friends. Once one person gets married, that bug (laughs) starts spreading and everyone starts to get married as well. All of us are divorced now in our 40s. I love it. 
it is, and it's like, it's, you're right, exactly right. And that's what I coach uh, young people. Like, don't get married so young because learn to be, learn how to be by yourself. Learn who you are. Yeah. You just left your mom's house. Oh, yeah. You don't know who you are as an adult. So please take mm-hmm. your time. But a lot of them, there's this such, there's, I guess, a social construct, like a norm mm-hmm. that you have to be, you have to be married. You have to have kids all around this certain age and mm-hmm. poor women that I, that reach out to me and guys always feel this pressure that they have mm-hmm. to have blank before this age. And it's so unfair yeah. for them to feel that. And I understand them completely because that was the reason why I got married. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, was it like, family oh, pressure like, or social pressure? Yeah. Mm, I can't blame my parents completely, but I'm from Thailand. So in Thai culture, getting married like before you're 30 is kind of key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in, okay. the, in our cultural practice, like past 30, you're like old and like, what's wrong with you? Oh. You can't find someone to love you and marry you. What's wrong with you? So to me, it was like, oh shit, I'm approaching 30. I'm in my late 20s. Like I got to get married. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was kind of my mentality getting into it. Like, of course, he was an, a great man. You know, he's what I call like a resume man. Like Ooh. he checked every box. Okay. And, you know, he's a great husband material. And he still is for someone out there. Um, but just we never had chemistry. But I looked past it because he was a perfect paper man. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, okay, it's time, Tara. Like just suck it up, get married. He's a great person. We'll work it. Like we'll make it work. Mm-hmm. That's so and awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did not work. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you married? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, two years, two years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, two, two and a half years. I, I got out. Um, I'm glad I got out early because mm-hmm. I could have stayed much longer. Right. Uh, I'm someone that like perseverance, like, <laughs> you know, get through difficult times, not and like ignoring all the signs, but mm-hmm. like, let's make it work. Um, I don't know if you're into astrology stuff, but I'm a Virgo. Are, and- <laughs> I, well, hold on. Virgos are the best people I've ever met in my life. My fiance is a Virgo. Up. Yes. Oh. And I, and again, when I started dating in 2016, I had, I thought that was a seventies thing. Like, Hey baby, what's your sign? And I found out that women were just in, was so like captured by that. I'm like, I'm an Aries. Does that matter? So we're good. Okay, fine. Ooh, it so, means you have good sex, right? Rough. Aries are like sexual. Sex, yeah. I had an ex-boyfriend that was an Aries. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We're, we're stubborn, but we're fun. Yes. Stubborn. <laughs> so stubborn. Um, and takes a really patient person to be with you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, as a Virgo, uh, my, one, my number one trait is like make things work, you know, mm. like we're perfectionists. We make things work. Don't just quit. And so I, you know, had that in me to like a fault where I'm like, I'm not going to leave. But then I really, I'm really glad that I got out early. And I don't know if I can talk about this on your show, but Go ahead. it was actually through like a psychedelic journey um, that helped me realize that I wasn't in the right place. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it helped me realize that I need to leave in order to become the person that I am today. And look how amazing you're doing. It, it, I always find Thank it you. funny that for everybody I've met on social media, there's a lot of us coaches and personalities who got divorced and you can either just let that moment destroy you and stay in that bitter place or you can evolve you know dust yourself off and just become yeah. a better person and it's such a joy to surround myself you know talking to you and just seeing everybody who didn't allow that event to ruin them because a lot unfortunately there's a lot of people that do allow that and mm-hmm. i do talk to a lot of them um for me just mm-hmm. to share i'm hispanic 
And mm-hmm. I remember at 21 being pressured by my parents, like, hurry up. We want to be grandchildren. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I would never tell my daughter. My daughter's 19. I have, a, I have a 19 year old, a 16 year old and a three month old. Yes, I started oh, over. Shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Well, like, oh, here we go again. Here we go. It's, it's my fiance's first child. So oh. she's really excited. And so my, thank you. Thank you. Um, so yes, I, we were, I was pressured. I did love her. She was my high school sweetheart and I did love her, but in hindsight, I think we were just both like, let's kind of just do it. We're in love. Everyone else is pushing us and supporting us. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. But again, there's no way I would tell my daughter that my son that I just tell them, enjoy yourself. Because mm-hmm. even right now with, with my engagement for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm doing it for me and I truly mm-hmm. love her and everything is perfect the way I oh. wanted it. So it's, it's good that it both worked out for both of us. Love that for you. Yeah, totally. I remember just even, you know, now my, with my current husband and I, like we've been together quite a few years now. So at first when we started hanging out, like I almost knew immediately that this is so different from before Mm. comparing like the first six months Mm -hmm. of this current marriage and the first six months of that previous marriage or even any relationships I've had. And I've had a lot. Um, I knew the difference immediately because I have had a lot of experiences. It's kind of like if you're really good at interviewing people for a job, like your job is HR, right? Right. And you're supposed to interview (laughs) people to see if this is a good fit or not. Like, If you've done a lot of interviewing, you'll know almost immediately, oh, this person will thrive at our company Mm -hmm. and this person would not be. Um, So I just felt that immediately. Did you feel it immediately too? Like about like the first six months were so different from previous relationships. You know, I'll be honest. And I've spoken about this on lives and on my podcast. I was so used to the toxic dating style of just hooking up. And, you know, mm-hmm. the shelf life of that life is maybe what every relationship is maybe two months, maybe three, mm-hmm. but somebody identifies a minor red flag. We implode it and we move on. I was so used to that life and so used to, I thought I was like, I have women pegged down. I know exactly how they are. Then somebody mm-hmm. shows up and it's like, who are you? You're actually a good person. I've heard of women like you. I've heard of people like you, but you, you don't exist. So my body actually rejected it at first. I was like, let me mm-hmm. see what's going on here. Cause I think she's lying and I don't want to get hurt again. But she brought me something that no one ever brought me, which was peace, no Mm -hmm. games. And I never in my 45 years, including parental family relationships, no one has ever given me peace. And I thought I confused it for being boring for about a couple months because I was so used to that toxic, stupid life. Yeah. And after just talking and just kind of going to therapy and all that, I, I, I love her. And it's a wonderful thing. And I wish more people experienced that. So to answer your question, yes. It was a different feeling. She made me feel different. Mm, Beautiful. Love that. (laughs) I just like experiencing, you know, this like love, passion and just true, authentic connection. Mm -hmm. I just really wish that everyone would get that. Yeah. It It makes your day so much better. It does. It does. Just to have that peace of mind. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go back to the marriage piece because I do know you're a coach. You coach uh, men who are single looking to find a, a partner and you also coach uh, people who are married. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the main, I get um, my demographics, 50, 50 men and women. And I have a lot of women and men reaching out to me who are like 10 years, 11 years, even 15 years in a marriage. And they have a dead bedroom and mm-hmm. they have no idea how to solve that. And uh, I guess with your conversations and what you and your experience, what are some of the commonalities that get a relationship into that space and how can they fix it? 
Mm, wow, that's a big question, right? Yeah. Like we can probably talk for 10 hours um, yeah. on many different methods and modalities and perspectives on how to fix that problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, I want to normalize that problem. Uh, that is the most common problem in long-term relationships. So if you're experiencing mm-hmm. it, you're not in a shitty relationship, you're normal, like everyone else. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you're listening, you're like, ah, oh, shit, like, is my relationship like terrible? Like, are, is everyone else having an amazing time? And I'm just the person in, mm-hmm. you know, the garbage can like, no, that's <laughs> the problem that long-term relationships, like almost all long-term relationships have. Mm-hmm. So, um, two ways to think about it. Uh, the first way is actually what I had learned from, um, Michaela Bohm, who is, a famous sex mm-hmm. coach and she's on like goop. She's Will Smith's sex coach. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks a lot about, uh, how in long-term relationships, like in marriages, you know, there's so much togetherness that there's not enough mystery. Esther Perel talk about this as well. Mm-hmm. And people just get on top of each other and they spend all the time together and they are in the same space. And then they start, you know, picking their noses, farting and shitting <laughs> in front of each other. And there's no more room mm-hmm. to be like, ooh, who's this? Like, ooh, like I, you know, like the desire of like true desire, strong desire to like want to fuck this person. Mm-hmm. You lose it when you're in a long-term relationship because there's no more mystery. Mm-hmm. So... What she talks about, and this is like what I will do uh, moving forward in my marriage. Like I will not let us hit the five-year hump and 10-year hump without taking the initiative to not have that is to make sure there's enough space. Mm -hmm. There will not be passion in long-term relationship without enough space. Now, that kind of space looks different for everybody because when people that are listening that have kids and, you know, maybe they even work together, like have a business that work together, they're like, where do I find space? I see them all the time. We work together. We have a business. When we come home, we have our kids. Like, where can I find space? Space can look so different for everybody. So if you can afford to have actual space, like a physical space, Maybe for people that are listening, maybe having your own, you know, apartment where you stay there once a week um, or, you know, maybe having um, two nights in a month where you stay at a hotel, Mm. be by yourself, go out with your girlfriends or boy or friends, whatever, go out with your friends, be by yourself and like be you, not you. That's a partner, not you. That's a mom or dad, just you Um, and gain that self respect and like you know the the ability to like see yourself as a person with unattached to other things Mm -hmm. if you can you can do that but if you can't there's also minor spaces that we talk about um as well i had her on my podcast so we were talking about different ways to have space um one is to insert like let's say 10 minutes every morning in your morning routine where you're alone. Maybe you're on your balcony and you're journaling for 10 minutes. Maybe you're meditating for five minutes. Maybe you're in your bathroom and you're taking a shower and you will take, you know, five minute breathing in front of a mirror. But whatever that is, you need space for yourself. Right. Um, I What I like to do is I like girls night. And that's my space. And that's where I get dressed up, go out with friends and, you know, like feel good about me as a woman, Mm -hmm. right? Like not attached to my husband, not attached to having kids or, you know, being this, just being me. 
And that has helped a lot, I feel, in terms of like rejuvenated sense of self where I come home and I feel sexy and I want to fuck him because now I'm like, I'm Dr. Tara. Don't you want to fuck me? <laughs> I feel so good about myself. But that's the question I ask my clients all the time. When was the last time you felt so fucking good about yourself? Ooh, that is a good question. Yeah. And yeah. that's key. That's the key to the passion in long-term relationship is you individually as two people need to show up feeling like the shit, mm-hmm. right? Then that attraction becomes a lot easier where we're all attracted to confident people, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all attracted to this like energy of like, oh, wow, you're exuding this energy. I want some. Yeah, you're right. So that charisma, me, that attraction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to mm-hmm. me, it's like individual work. And then you come together and you literally come together uh, <laughs> and then you come together and you just feel electricity again, mm-hmm. you know, and this can work if you're in a 10 year relationship, 20 year relationship, that's still like healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like force it. Right. Sometimes, right. you know, there's a boundary there where it's like, oh, that doesn't work. You should probably get a divorce versus, oh, you need to find sparks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first perspective to think about um, space. What do you think? Space, in hindsight, thinking back, uh, that definitely would help because, again, when kids do come into the picture, we had to, I've, and I've said this on TikTok as well, that I forgot how to be a husband and mm-hmm. I was so focused on being a father and she forgot how to be a wife. And before, mm-hmm. you know, we looked at each other, we saw parents. I didn't see my wife anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a major problem because we were just so, and you can't help it because you love kids and it's the most She's the purest love you'll ever feel. Mm-hmm. And you were just so consumed with it, but we just lost our way. I can't wait. It's, oh, you're going to be an amazing mother. It's going to be, it's such a wonderful journey. I love it. And that's one thing we forgot. And then one pivotal thing that when I got divorced, I had no idea who the hell I was because all I've been doing for the past 19 years is being a husband and a father. Like who, mm-hmm. I don't know what I like to do for fun. What, what yeah. do I like movies? So that was a, a terrifying, but the most exciting journey of my life. But that was one of our problems. The other one, and I want this is kind of tethered to the, this question, but my question to you is this: How important is it to stay attract, stay attractive to for your partner? And the reason I'm going to I'm bringing that up is because I bring it up every now and then on TikTok, and I, it offend a lot of women get offended or upset about that. And I usually rebuttal and say, "Well, look, I'm not saying you know six months after the kid. Of course, if you have a kid, your body." does a lot of wonderful, amazing things to make a child. It's going to take yeah. some time for your body it's to incredible. heal a couple of years, three years, something to that effect. But let's say we're seven years out, eight years out, five years out. Um, and guys aren't attracted to their wives anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a major problem or vice versa. I've had women message mm-hmm. me like my husband has gained a lot of weight. He can't mm-hmm. get hard anymore. So let me ask you this. How important is it to stay attractive for your spouse? Very important. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, period. You know, and people can get mad at me saying it, but uh, objectively speaking, okay, this Mm -hmm. is not personal opinion. This is like studies and theories. Objectively speaking, um, we are in tune to be stimulated and aroused by appealing, visually appealing things, correct? This is why all of us, like men and women, watch porn with like a certain person on the sh- like right we don't watch certain type of porn and we watch certain type of porn because we find these people attractive right, right? you're never gonna watch porn that you f- like find actors unattractive <laughs> correct valid so, point yeah i never thought of it that way <laughs> yeah like think about it we mm-hmm. choose that for ourselves so why wouldn't we choose that in real life 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like you, we gotta look like some, you know, fake like airbrushed right. Kim Kardashian. Right. Like right. that's not what we're talking about here. Let's be real. I think people get triggered. Um, when you say like women or men who is not in shape mm-hmm. get triggered because we're, they assume we're saying that you should look like Brad Pitt right. and Angelina Jolie. And that's mm-hmm. not at all what we're saying. Mm-hmm. We're saying a lot of times, and there's studies to show this, where people with certain body type have higher or lower self-esteem. And if you don't know how much self-esteem affects your life, let me tell you this. Self-esteem is everything in your life. Mm -hmm. How you show up every day when you wake up, your self-esteem is being projected into the world. How you show up as a professional, how you show up as a boyfriend, girlfriend, how you show up as husband, wives, father, and and mother, um, and to your friends, how you show up at a coffee shop, your self-esteem predicts all of those things. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go back. So self-esteem and how is it attached to body image? It, when when you read the literature on self-esteem, like if I have to come up with a number, like 60% of how you feel about your body is your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in a space where you love your body or even like your body, mm-hmm. that's going to show up in your relationship. It will show up in a sense of like lack of self-respect, right? Um, lack of high emotional intelligence because you're just reacting. You're not responding. Mm. You're reacting. When your partner is like, hey, you want to go to the gym together? Instead of responding like, oh, okay, gym means I'll feel better. Endorphins will be uh, releasing and it will be good for my life. It will be healthy for my physical and mental health. No, you're reacting like, why? You think I'm fat? Mm-hmm. Why do I, you know, am I not attractive to you? Right. So when you don't like yourself, it becomes a space where no one else will find you attractive mm-hmm. when you don't like yourself. Right. It, yeah. yeah. 100%. And I think that and even- your partner did not sign a contract to say, you know, <laughs> I should still love you when you hate yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think to to a lot of people, they think that a marriage means th- thick and thin, and I and I believe in that. Um, but at the same time, the marriage contract should also say we'll both keep up. I one hundred percent agree. Ourselves, yes. that should be part <laughs> of the new vows. <laughs> yeah, it really should be. Like I promise to continue to work on myself, mm-hmm. and never just let myself go and lose my self respect. It's a brilliant idea. I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Cause I, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think that, um, I think romanticism had destroyed the way we date. In what because, way? Okay. Because we are thinking, oh, a marriage is like a, an like a forever thing, like forever love, like true love. And, you know, you can do no wrong. You can like gain 500 pounds and you'll be loved the same way because what, you know what? True love is connection on the inside. It's Mm -hmm. not the outside. It's nothing else. It's just us. It's that like fake idealistic world that doesn't exist. And when all of that comes crashing down, you blame the other person. When in fact you were fooled 
by romanticism that lacks real like realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. That, oh my God, I love that you said that because I completely agree with everything you said. <laughs> because again, on my part, again, there was a moment in my, just to bring up a personal story. When I was married, we both gained weight because you know, you have kids, <laughs> you're too tired to cook, you're both working, you get yeah. home. I'll pick something up on the way home. So we both gained a lot of weight. And I, I told her like, I don't love myself. I really hate mm -hmm. myself. Nothing fits. Let's lose weight. And mm -hmm. she didn't want to. And I'm like, well, maybe if I led by example, she would follow me and see the energy. So I started working out and I lost like 30, 40 pounds. I, I looked mm -hmm. great. It was like a, the mm -hmm. peak I've ever looked. And I started getting that, that I was horny. I was that like, daddy, Rudy. Yeah. Right? I was ready to you do this feeling and like, come on, let's do this. Go to the gym. I feel great. And I'm not tired at 9 PM anymore. I want to have sex. And right. so, no, no, she never wanted to just join me. And I remember one of the pivotal things. And again, I'm bringing this up because a lot of men and women bring this up to me as well is that they do what I did and they're leading by trying to make it work. But their other spouses just in this space, they, they're unhappy with their career or how they look or how things turned out or whatever the case is. Everyone has different reasons. But a lot of men and women just lose attraction to yeah. them. And I remember there was a point in my marriage where I couldn't get hard sleeping mm -hmm. with her because I just yeah. couldn't. I was not attracted to who she was. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of it was like how I don't want to say how she looked. That sounds kind of mean, but just how she was as a person, just mad and just mm -hmm. angry and just not happy with herself. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of men and women fall into that space. And it's tough to break out of that when you have one person who's fighting to keep it and the other mm -hmm. person is just in this stagnant space. I have many clients that don't find their partner attractive and they tell me in in our private sessions. Um, and at that point, they're like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they're walking on eggshells because if they suggest anything, the other person kind of like flips out and thinks, right. you know, you're judging them based on just the external and not the internal. When in fact, external and internal are very intertwined. Don't fool yourself thinking that only the internal matters, right? External and internal are intertwined. Um, the way you live your life and the choices that you make uh, on a daily basis you know, like, let's say, a really um, healthy and, you know, delicious meal, a steak, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A steak with some vegetables, right? Uh, which is, I'm not saying like, you should eat a salad, not at all. I don't even <laughs> eat a salad. <laughs> but like, mm -hmm. a healthy meal, a steak and vegetable versus like a big, you know, greasy, in multiple <laughs> layers of hamburgers that like, you know, there's, there's a difference between like the choices that you make. And I think that externally, sometimes people will look at you and make that natural connection without like, without consciously thinking, right? right? Like you'll walk on the street, and you'll see people. And what ha what happens in real life, is this just based on studies, is we judge people in seven seconds. Only seven seconds. We can come up with kind of like a backstory of this yeah. person. Maybe it's <laughs> false. It's probably false, but it doesn't matter because perception is reality. And if they are looking at you in seven seconds and come up with a story that is negative, would you like that? No. Nobody would. No. Yeah. What? yeah. Mm -hmm. Who would like that? No one would say, yeah, I love that. I want people to fucking hate me. Um, no, everyone wants to exist in a world where it's like a lot of interactions are positive. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so take that into account and see what small things in life 
you can change in order to make that bigger change for yourself. I agree. Um, some women have told me that their husbands were jealous of their career, how their wives kind of just advanced and just found their space and their voice mm -hmm. and are doing so well versus mm -hmm. them still stuck at a call center or doing something else. And it's funny how you one I'm older and I could, I've seen it firsthand, but it's funny how you never think jealousy could actually arise within a marriage. Uh, but th those little variables that can come up, they can. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. Career jealousy or envy um, is something that happens more than you think. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I've uh, had clients or friends that have told me like, I'm just so uncomfortable sharing that I got a bonus today with him or her um, because like they just got laid off or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you feel that your advancement is attached to like whether or not your partner is advancing. Mm -hmm. And I think in a healthy trusting relationship, there's a lot more like I'm cheering for you regardless of my circumstances versus comparison. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like I don't compare myself to my partner. Like let's say this month I get no deals and my partner, you know, sells 10 paintings. I'd mm -hmm. be stoked. I'd be <laughs> so excited mm -hmm. and celebratory for his situation without even thinking that I got no deals this month. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the place where you are in a trusting relationship versus a competitive comparison, comparing relationship. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Let me ask you this, because we're talking about the end result, like 15 years in, 10 years in, and they're in a sexless marriage. For everybody who's listening, and a big piece of my demographic is young people, 25 to 32, who are looking to get married. What questions do you recommend that people who are engaged have? to ensure that they have a healthy and exploratory sex life? Mm, love that question. Uh, I'd ask two questions. One is rate, like rate yourself from one to 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. From one to 10, how important is sex to you in a long-term relationship? 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd say nine. Okay. Um, I'd say nine and and there's rationale behind that. But here's a, here's the thing. There's no right or wrong answer. There is That's definitely true. no wrong answer because if your answer is one, you are valid. Maybe you're asexual and that's totally cool. There's 1% of the people in the world that are asexuals. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're one, right? Like, oh no, I just don't think it's important at all. I think emotional connection, spiritual connection and kids and finances are way more important than sex. Mm-hmm. If that's your answer, which is completely fine and you're valid and you're a one, you do not want to marry anyone that rates sex five and above. <laughs> anyone yes, that's definitely. five and above because there will be, I guarantee you, big problems in your relationship and you will get a divorce. Mm -hmm. I will say you will get a divorce 100% if the discrepancy is more than three. Like mm -hmm. if you're a seven and 10, you're fine right? If you're a five and seven, you're fine. If you're a one and three, you're fine. But if you're one and nine, you will get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's the question you should ask. Whoever you're dating right now, how many long, how, however long in a dating relationship you've been in, maybe three years, you ask this question now, like listen to this and ask this question from one to 10, 
how important is sex in a long-term relationship for you? Mm-hmm. Be honest. And no uh, wrong answer. Yeah. So that's the number one question. Can you imagine if you had asked that, like, you know, then you would understand and perhaps were able to realize you weren't in the right relationship. Well, let me, looking back, we both were, t- I say nine or tens, right? Because we're both young and, you know, mm-hmm. just full of life and everything. So uh, a lot of it, 10 years later, I just remember it being fatigue, being tired and just not mm-hmm. enough hours in the day to do anything. So I guess, I guess thinking hindsight. That's why you want to ask that again. Yeah. Ask like every five years or something like that. Yeah. Like ask, are we still on the same level? Find out what's going on. Every and just year. Kind of, every year. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> ask that every year. Like, hey, how are we feeling? Like, you know, from one to 10, how do you think sex is like, just ask it every year, every three months, even it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question that you should ask is, what are some of the sexual things that you want to explore in the future? Not mm. necessarily a guarantee like, oh, I must do this in the future. But like, what are some things that you find intriguing that you want to explore in the future? Mm-hmm. Not saying now, maybe like 10, 15 years from now. Are there like certain things that you thought of that like, ooh, that's definitely in my cards in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like for me, when I started dating my current partner, I immediately told him like sex parties is in my card. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I will not be able to date a man who's like against sex parties. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that like, that's not going to work. Like it's in my cards for the future. Not now, but like, you know, I will want me and my partner to explore that part. Okay. Okay. And if it's a no for you right now, it's probably a no in the future. So this probably won't work out. Um, but if it's a maybe, then that's a different question. Okay. And I had the ladies from Clit Talk on my podcast maybe about four shows ago, and they told me sex parties, and then there's also play parties. And mm-hmm. I totally forgot the difference. It was sex parties that you can just go, you can either, you can participate, or you can just be, uh, an ex- I think, exhibitor. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong word, but you can just go that's and just okay. watch. There's, I, I mean, really, like, words, it's kind of, uh, it just depends on what group you're hanging out with. Because okay. you can say play parties are where, like, you know, some people may have sex, some people don't. You can totally just go grab a drink and, like, be a part of it mm-hmm. um, without having sex. Like, some people say that. But then some people use the word play party, and they host a play party in their, you know, house or uh, apartment, and it involves sex as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there's clear distinction, even in sexuality world. Um, But there's, yeah, there's parties where, where, for example, let me give a clear example. Uh, There are a couple of sex clubs, right? Mm -hmm. A couple in LA, a couple in like Dallas, a couple in New York, big cities. There are, there is definitely one sex club in a big city. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) One of the best ones are in New York. And uh, if you, when you become a member, uh, they have events like, four or five nights a week so you can attend the event grab a drink talk to people go home or you can attend the event Mm -hmm. grab a drink talk to people connect with someone start touching and maybe if it's going somewhere find a corner or a place where there's like a curtains shut and explore further Mm -hmm. that's a possibility um there's also cuddle parties where it's like you'll be naked cuddling but no penetration that would be very hard for me to do that. I can't just cuddle and not do anything. <laughs> You're like, my dick is hard, but I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I want to explore things like that. Like I love, I love like just pure, you know, like, like head, hedonistic night. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you being like safe? 
of and course, everything is definitely. consensual and you mm-hmm. talk about it in advance and there's nothing that you do that cross the line of respect with your partner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a question that you should ask, like what in the future? And I, I wish I that how can I say this? Because now, again, when I was single and started dating, I noticed there was more uh, people that were open to a polyamorous relationship. I didn't even know what that word meant three years ago. But I'm like, oh, that's what it means. And more people are open to swinging. I know I have a friend. He and his wife are swingers. They have been for 11 years and they are the healthiest, most happiest couple I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that these conversations and topics are not so taboo anymore because there's a lot of people on 45. You know, when we grew up, that was a no. Honey, you know, when, when I was married, there's no way I could have brought up, honey, let's kind of maybe consider an open marriage. I would have got killed or like beaten up or something like that because there's just no way. And you want to fuck my friend, Brian? Yeah, you want to fuck him? You know, I just watch and jerk off over here. You know, we'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> But that would be a no. I mean, absolutely not. Uh, so I'm glad there's a lot of young couples at least considering the idea. Um, it's still a hard no for a lot of people. I can imagine because you can yeah. say an idea like, yeah, let's try. But when you're there and there's a dude mm-hmm. courting his woman, it's like, mm-hmm. OK, it's game time. Am I up mm-hmm. for this? And I'm pretty sure that moment has made or break a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100 percent. And I talked to some sex therapists that are against group sex and, you know, that are like hardcore monogamy, like mm-hmm. monogamous people. Um, and I think that's fine. I think there's room in the world for everybody where, yeah. you know, <laughs> some people are hardcore monogamous. Some people are monogamish, like me and my partner. Um, some people are open to like open. We'll, we'll you know, do this once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll host swinging parties at our house, right? Like, there's some people like that. And I think there's room for everybody in the world and there's no need for judgment for what how right. other people want to live their lives. And I think don't yuck my yum is, a, is something that <laughs> someone taught me a long time ago that I really like. It's like, I don't <clears throat> care if you do that. Like, good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something I want to do, but good for you. But yeah. yeah, like I'm much more interested in like monogamish and like planned parties and planned uh, group sex experiences where there's like some conditions. Right. Of course, it rules and safety and feeling safe. Yeah. It's very important in that. And I mentioned this in the Clip Talk podcast that when they asked me if I was open to that, I'm like, I'd, I'd be scared because I'm mm-hmm. a very passionate guy. Like I remember mm-hmm. I was I was married for 16 years, so I only knew Aries. Yeah, very rough. But I only knew I got married very young at 21. My body count was two. So I knew only one way to have sex, and that was to make love. And I remember when I started dating, I was like making love, but like kissing and women were like, really, I don't want to say falling in love with me, but they were like, oh, my God, you know, Mm -hmm. this is like different. It's not just fucking. And Mm -hmm. I don't trust my emotions. Like, let's say if my girlfriend, fiance just told me, hey, let's let's do it. I don't trust myself. And I know mm-hmm. that's maybe it takes some years to get there, but I don't trust myself to be engaged with a woman and mm-hmm. not let these feelings come out. And then me mm-hmm. thinking about her the next day, like, oh my God, I can't, mm-hmm. then I'm consumed with her. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah, trust myself in that space. And I totally that. admire anybody who can go in that space. Cause that shows a, a, an incredible amount of discipline mm-hmm. and mental strength. So I applaud anybody who can go in that space <laughs> and not, I, cause I can't. I can, especially if she's beautiful, like yeah. my time and everything. Oh my God. And like, I'm playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Rudy, uh, let's, <laughs> what, what, what day is today? Okay. It's, we're recording today. Tuesday. It's March 7th. Yeah. Um, March 7th, 2023. Uh-huh. Uh, March 7th, 2033. I want you to call me. Okay. <laughs> In 10 years. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
and tell me, you know, if you guys are starting to be interested in exploring Mm -hmm. these other realms of Mm -hmm. relational structures and sexual structures, uh, because there's a lot of evidence that shows that people early in their relationships are not that interested because they are not yet experiencing lack of passion, lack of novelty right? Um, and boredom. So I completely understand you when you're like, oh, I just can't see it. I can't see mm-hmm. it happening. That's fine. And I don't think you will see that happening in five years. But after that, um, where there's a lot of empirical research that show that's where people hit that like, Oh man, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like natural. Like your brain tells you this is the same thing you've seen. Um, let's I know see what you're saying. Goes. I know what you're saying yeah, because if, yeah. if things were better in my marriage, 13 mm-hmm. years in, and she said, let's do it. I would have been, fuck yes. Because mm-hmm. at that point you've done absolutely everything with this one person. Mm-hmm. And you watch pornos and you've mm-hmm. done everything. So you've, and you've you have to be in a really solid relationship. Exactly. That's key. I think people try to explore when they're in a really weak point of their relationship. And that's like not good. No. So you have to have a really healthy, solid relationship where you have like really good friendship going. Mm-hmm. Like you're very compatible. You talk a lot. You talk about everything. There's a lot of openness, no judgment. That's a space where you can explore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, 10 years from now, Rudy, we're I will call talk. you. I will call yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll coach you guys into exploring. Uh, that's nice. the one thing that I want to recommend to a lot of your listeners is if you're able to um, get a sex coach, have them ha- navigate, like help, help them mediate this conversation mm-hmm. and help, have them help you navigate boredom and uncertainty and all of those things. Perfect. Yeah, and I will call you. I'm going to mark this down. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go to Google Planner and just put 10, 10 years, years out now. reminder. <laughs> Today, 10 years from now, I will, I will coach you guys through it. Okay. And I have about, my podcast are about now, we're speaking out maybe like less than 20 minutes. So I want to go to the single area. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the, the other part of your clients being single men, what are some mm-hmm. of the sexual like uh, frustrations or obstacles they're encountering out there um, that, you know, my audience can learn from? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's sexual anxiety. Ooh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is exhibited or projected in different ways. Projected mm-hmm. in premature ejaculation, projected in erectile dysfunction, projected in delayed ejaculation, projected in not even like able to ask people out mm-hmm. um, or not able to escalate it to the sexual, exp- oh. like a sexual activity. Ask so, people out. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Okay. Interesting. OMG. That is like, so I just recently interviewed this woman. She's, she's a specifically just men's dating coach. And mm-hmm. her whole thing is helping men like start a conversation. <laughs> like just really just that's- that little piece. Like, yeah. Wow. Initiation. Like that's her only thing is initiation and she has like half a million followers and you know all these are young men that like don't know how to even initiate a conversation right wow and uh, so there's all kinds of issues wow Uh, it's funny you say that because again i hadn't dated since the 90s so here i am at 2016 i go out and i remember approaching women at the bar and they're just like they're freaking out i'm like i'm sorry did i do it they're like no guys don't approach women anymore they kind of (laughs) message us through snapchat and i'm like really what's snapchat (laughs) I have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but the I did common, find, but Yeah, no, continue. No, but I did find that a lot of people did have a difficult time having or carrying 
a conversation because they were so used mm-hmm. to their phones or just used to texting. No one likes to make phone calls anymore. They like to text. Mm-hmm. And there's some conversations yeah. you can't have via text. You need to talk. So it's not lost in translation. Well, the common way for people who are like a little bit shy and, you know, can't like just full on get up to someone and be like talking to them for 30 minutes. Uh, one way that a lot of people do now and it works is, uh, you know, complimenting them and then asking them for their Instagram and then like slide into their DMs later. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. So what, what advice would you give that guy who sees a woman for the guy that's listening? He sees a woman at a bar and he wants her poacher. What's a good I don't want to say pickup line, but what's a good way to approach her and ask that question? Okay, so this is my method that I know would work for me and my co-friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if you start, like first read non-verbals. Because if you're trying to make eye contact with her several times and she immediately looks away, yes. she's not into you. Yes, like don't exactly. approach, you will 100% get rejected. Because <laughs> that non-verbal, like that she immediately looks away is like, oh, she she's not interested. And maybe find it even creepy that you keep looking at her. So if you get that like one, a couple of times, like you know don't don't approach however here's when you do approach is look at her like start looking at her try to make eye contact and if she looks at you back with a little smile that's an invitation come talk to me <laughs> yes yeah, exactly. I've done that many times that's an invitation come talk to me mm-hmm. and if you don't come talk to me there's two scenarios that can happen one is I'm like ugh, not even worth it I'm not gonna talk to him he doesn't even have the courage to come talk to me mm-hmm. right he doesn't have the kind of confidence that I want in a man so one you missed the shot that you've never taken mm-hmm. like right what did Jordan Michael Jordan say I think you miss 100% of the shots you never take Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, num- the first scenario she'll think is like, I'm not going to like, I- I'm not going to bother. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second scenario is she might be like, oh, I really like him. Like he's hot. Like I'm attracted to him. I'm going to approach him, which sometimes happens. But let me tell you, scenario one happens a lot more where okay. it just becomes like a misconnection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so she looks at you back, gives you a little smile, and maybe even like a cheers, like where she like you know lifts her glass. That's like a one hundred percent. Bro, go talk to her over here. Yeah, yeah, you're fucking too slow now at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So come over, come talk to me. Right, she smiles at you. Okay, you like you know get up, get the courage, go talk to her. The first thing that you can say is, "Hey, um, I've seen you from over there, and I'm attracted to you. What's your name?" Mm-hmm. So if you think this is too like forward, it's not. We love it. Yeah. We're like, oh shit, that's hot. Like that's confident man right there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I saw you from afar. I'm, I find you attractive. What's your name? Um, and then like, I'm Tara. What's your name? Like, you know, I'm Rudy. Okay. Back and forth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then uh, two things that you can ask that's always great is number one, um, what do you like to do for fun? Because it's like low stake. She can literally say anything that you can bounce off of that. Like, oh, you know, like hang out with my friends. Like, oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or like hiking. <laughs> like, oh, me too. I'd love to take you on a hike sometime. So asking her that you'll probably get to bounce off and like invite her to do something. Yeah. Um, and then another one that women are like, I can't generalize, say 100%. I would say like 85% of women like is what's your sign? That's still, that still works. I never used it. I gotta, I gotta share that with people now. Okay. What's your sign? It works. It definitely works because it's like, 
men that like to make fun there's there's a lot of men that I talk to that like to like make fun of women for like liking talking about signs mm-hmm. I feel like some women find that unattractive yeah okay. yeah I like would think so I mean if you like something and they're just kind of like making fun of it I think anybody would but yeah I totally yeah, get your point uh-huh. yeah so don't make fun of other people's liking you know talking about <laughs> signs because that will you'll miss your shot like I'm yes. just, this is real advice here. You miss your shot because she will feel like, oh, you're judging me. Mm-hmm. Um, so ask for a sign. You know your sign, and like know what your sign is. Know what your characteristics are. So so there's a conversation <laughs> right there, and that I can promise you will, if there's connection, it will be a fruitful conversation. She'll yeah. find you interesting. She'll want to talk to you, and then ask like, hey, if you don't mind, can I get your number? I'd love to take you out. Or hey, if you don't mind, what's your Instagram? Can I get your Instagram? And then like slide into the DM later because nowadays sometimes people don't like giving numbers. Yeah, and I get for safety reasons. There's a whole bunch of reasons why, but yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah, DM. <laughs> yeah, guys, I hope you're taking notes because that's gold. She's giving you gold, <laughs> and if you break it down, it's like the simplest form. That's going up and just hi, how you doing? I I think you're mm-hmm. incredibly attractive. Mm-hmm. My name is Ray. It's just, mm-hmm. but it's funny how uh, that's again, hot. Like even just that is hot enough. It, yes. But again, do the groundwork, right? The previous, like the 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 nonverbals. Yes. Right. There has to be that because if there isn't that, you'll get rejected. And also you have to be comfortable in your own skin to do that. Cause if you come off yeah. like, like nervous, yeah. the woman's <laughs> yeah. going to know that right we away. Like, feel it. Feel it. Yeah. yeah. You, they can feel your confidence and your anxiety. So mm-hmm. speaking of which you said anxiety kind of stemmed from performance as far as in the sexual side, do you think that stems from maybe pornography? Cause I believe it does. I mean, I think pornography has done a lot of great, but it's also done a lot of bad maybe for both men and women, but from a guy's perspective, yes, I do know that a lot of men are saying like, you know, I have to be eight inches long and look like Henry Cavill and all these things. Like, no, you don't, dude. You don't have to be mm-hmm. that way. But is that where you're finding that that anxiety performance anxiety stems from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. I would say negative past experiences means a lot. Like if you've had sex with one person and that person was like, oh, like that was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) You will have that kind of scarred in you forever. You have to like work to overcome that. Mm -hmm. But then apart from negative past experiences, I would say porn is a pretty big contributor, but I don't want to just say porn as a blanket statement because there's also like educational porn. There's also like ethical porn. There's also like watch porn for fun once a while with your partner to get it hot, right? There's different types of porn. I would Mm -hmm. say people who are excessively watching porn Mm -hmm. are the people who are seeing these symptoms, the sexual anxiety symptoms. Right. And also erectile dysfunction, as you mentioned. And it depends on the porn you watch, because I have a lot of women who say like, uh, I got married, my husband, that's all he watches porn. So he thinks making love to a woman is spitting on her and slapping her breasts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm exactly. like, oh my God, really? Like, oh my God, that's not real life, man. But it's funny how they think, oh, women love that. Obviously, look at my phone. So that's what I'm going to do my wife and my mm-hmm. girlfriend. They love that because she, I mean, that girl in the in the video, she loves that because she's getting paid. <laughs> yeah, way more than the guy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, honestly, uh, watching porn, I hope that people are watching it consciously, meaning like knowing that that's acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My fear as a guy, again, back in my day, pornography, it was either in a magazine or the scrambled channels. It wasn't so readily available in our hands, yeah. right? So my fear is all these young men who are 14, 13, who are just getting consumed with this. What are the long-term effects like for them in their mid twenties or thirties? How are they going to look at women uh, and how are they going to treat women? Because nowadays, if they see a pretty woman, there's a, probably an OnlyFans account. They can see her naked for four bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. So 
I'm very curious how this generation is going to grow up to be young men and how they're going to perceive women. I'm kind of scared about that. There's an article um, that was published last week. I'm not sure if it was Time or um, Wall Street Journal, but it was an investigative journalism piece that show a big statistic of a lot of young men mm -hmm. um, are lonely and anxious and are yes. single. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there needs to be a shift into um, living a healthy in real life uh, experiences. Right. And I'm seeing it now, like in LA, there are like turn your phone off days or like hikes where like tech technology is not um, allowed. That's good. That's or, good. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, with, I mean, I teach Gen Z, right? Like I'm a college professor. So my students right now, they're Gen Z's. They're like 18 to 23. And with this generation, there are a lot of good things. Like number one, they're really accepting of like everybody, mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot more love than hate. Um, there's a lot more acceptance than divide. So I love that. I love that because I just love love. Like I don't care who's who, as long as you're awesome. not a shitty person, I love you. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't. I can't agree with people who like divide people. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, but there's some things that Gen Z struggle with. That's for sure. Social comparison through social media. Mm, yeah. And that caused a lot of anxiety. So anxiety becomes a big issue in this particular generation. Um, it's so much easier now to like have anxiety because of social media and because of these other things. Like if you, if your partner consistently talks to girls on OnlyFans and no shame for sex workers, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, if that's your choice and you're happy with it, like I support you. Uh, but at the same time, let's say, let's say Rudy, you subscribe to two only girls fans and mm -hmm. you consistently, you know, go on there, get her content, talk to her to the point where your girlfriend feels like you're not giving her enough attention and love. Mm -hmm. That's problematic, right? That's a major problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm seeing that though. Wow. I'm seeing that that's kind of like being normalized. So to be honest with you. Wow. I don't know what the answer is okay. because let's, let's think about it together. Right. Like, like I support people, I support democratization of making money. Of course. So if only fans, um, creators can make money through these content, I support that idea, right? Like right. capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I also can't recommend a lot of young men subscribing to consuming that kind of information all the time because are you developing real life friendships? Right. Are you developing real life romantic relationships? I don't know, you mm -hmm. know, but I'm, but to me, it's like conflicting in my head because I'm supporting this, but I'm also not supporting this. Right. So right. what do you think? It's, it's complex. It's scary because I, ha I have a few friends who are like, big time YouTubers and Twitch uh, cosplayers, they play games and things like that and all beautiful, but I've known them for years and they tell me all the time, yes, they have a devoted fan base and mainly it's like 99% male mm -hmm. and they make a lot of money because they're mm -hmm. subscribing and doing all these things. And a lot of them feel that they are in a relationship with her. 
And if she does anything like invite a male guest in her studio, a lot of them get possessive and angry at her and cancel subscriptions. So you're right. It's this fantasy world where they think, yeah, I see her every day. She responds to my comments and, you know, I tip her. We have a relationship and I never I'm a grown man. I would never I can't perceive that, but I can see that as a young man growing up that way. And that's terrifying that he's devoting his attention and maybe feelings toward this person online versus his own wife and kids. That's my mind's blown. My mind's blown as well. I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but I I know actually I know quite a few OnlyFans creators that will lie and not say they have boyfriends because people will unsubscribe and because they want to be able to imagine being with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't that yeah. weird? This is why I'm like posting all <laughs> kinds of like wedding photos on my Instagram. I don't want that kind of a uh, relationship with my fans. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I want people to know I have a very healthy and thriving relationship mm-hmm. and you won't have <laughs> that kind of a romantic sexual relationship with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know many creators that do that, that like hide their relationship status because they don't want to lose money. Yeah, I, I understand it, but it's unfortunate that that has to yeah. Be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I oh like really don't know what the solution would be though. <sighs> I don't know. Conversation, either. right? Like what, when you talk to your Twitch friends, like what do you think, like how do they feel about that? It scares them in a way because they've always been nice in the chat. And then all of a sudden they get very defensive and just say words that they never thought they'd see in their, you know, their stream. Mm-hmm. It's really just a shock and like, Oh my God, I, you think, you know, somebody again, but who really knows anybody either in person, but mainly on social mm-hmm. media, when you, build a relationship with a, uh, a handle, it's kind of weird, but uh, they're mainly scared and they don't know what to do sometimes. Most of the times they feel like they're painted in a corner when it comes to having content. Like, okay, if I bring up yeah. men or defend, bring men near or defend men or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. they get defensive. So a lot of them only stay with a certain type of niche or topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a complex issue. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Tyra, this has been an amazing conversation. I, I'm so thankful that you've been on the podcast. Can, before we sign off, can you tell everybody where to find you at? Yes. My website is lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. And all of my information's on there. I'd love to see you on my Instagram and TikTok. Thank you so much, Rudy. This has been an amazing experience. You're a great host. Thank you so much. And I appreciate this. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, okay? You too. Bye-bye. Bye. And I want to thank the lovely Dr. Tyra for being on the podcast. She is pretty much, if joy were a tangible thing, it would be manifested into her. So I had an amazing conversation with her and I can honestly say I learned a lot. Please follow her. All her social media handles down below along with mine. And again, thank you for tuning in to the Root Advice podcast. I'll see you next time. And again, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll see you there. Bye-bye.